The towers were squat, built low and thick to shelter within the surrounding crags, and ancient. Few had survived the combination of weather, continuous sea wind, salt, and years. Cracked slimed stone jutted into a stormy sky, gutted rings straggled toward the bay. Several had disintegrated under their burden of years, stone buried under vine and shore grass and drifted sand. One was impassable. The roof timbers, rotted through, had caved in to block the passages and rooms below. The bay was a natural harbor, and so shielded from the worst of the winter storms by sandstone ledges behind the towers. Even so, the black-sailed, sleek ships anchored well apart, and they swung alarmingly as the wind rose. Two small rowboats were tied to the long stone mole on the inland side. Against the south arm of the harbor were other ships, ghosts of ships, as old as the towers themselves. Sails rotted on ancient masts. Of one or two, only the masts could be seen, the rest having long since settled to the bottom. Mountainous slabs of rock formed a protective arc around the welter of broken towers. More water then, and beyond that, a stretch of sand widening like a spear point, wedging toward buildings, green fields, low sandstone bluffs. Fog banks hid the land beyond. Three of the great towers remained barely usable, and only in the most protected did light show. It stood well back from the water, so near the southern ridge one could touch tower and ledge simultaneously. Sullen candle flame flickered in narrow, deep, glassed openings. Heavy wooden storm shutters blocked the lowest windows from without, barred many upper ones from inside. The sun, briefly escaping heavy cloud, glared mercilessly across drifting sand, green stone, grayed wood, mildewed tapestries, then vanished again. Wind shrilled across the cliffs. Light traveled across a low window, reappeared one level higher. A slender, golden-haired woman was climbing the winding stair that led to the topmost chamber. She held her dark fur-lined cape and mauve silk skirts close, so they would touch nothing. At her insistence, the tower had been thoroughly cleaned, but they couldn't fight five hundred years of rot and neglect. A breath of roses followed her. Cinnamon and clove scented the hall, but under all, and far stronger, was a reek of stale salt water and mildew, dead kelp, and the faint but pervasive odor of dead fish. Marita seldom noticed these things. Three years had inured her, yet she was not reconciled to this place, never that. She kept her eyes on the uneven stairs as she climbed. To do otherwise was to court an accident. With each step, the familiar litany ran through her mind. The vow was renewed. For his mockery of my liad, the Sirdar my father will pay. The old fools who counseled I should not be allowed to wed my liad, they will pay. The Nadeoan woman who dared set steel against him will watch all she loves die before I kill her. Beware, father, and Ilya of Nadeo, I have not forgotten you. Liad, three years and a half since she would have sacrificed anything, everything, her very life, to save him. Three years since she'd brought him here, weak, ill, reft of power and memory alike, since she'd sealed the bargain with the sea raiders so as to gain time and safety for him until his recovery could be complete. It would, it must, 